hello. This is Kings and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading episode number 202. That is right. We are 202 episodes in to this 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, however many thousand episode podcast this will inevitably inevitably become. Um, thanks to everyone who's subscribed, who is following on Spotify. Um, thanks to everyone who has joined our Facebook group, Kings and Beats um, Facebook.com slash groups slash Kings and Beats. Uh, the few people that have started following over on Twitter. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll get more content over there soon. Uh, and of course, the people who are contributing $4 a month to keep this podcast going. I know we get a little bit behind sometimes, but I promise I'm not going anywhere. And your $4 a month really helps offset the expense of producing this podcast and um, and all that stuff. And there will be some cool bonus episodes for those subscribers coming out soon. Today, we are talking about Wait Till the Summer Comes by The Kinks, released on September 17th, 1965 on the Quiet Kinks EP in the UK. Quiet, of course, spelt K-W-Y-E-T because there wasn't a single release that this band could do in the early 60s that didn't have some kind of K. Um, I don't know if you want to call them puns, but you know everything was K, which doesn't make sense to me because kinks is not misspelled. It's not like they spelt a C word with a K so that it makes sense to have controversy with a K instead of a C. Um, nor did they, nor is kinks uh, supposed to be spelled Q-U-I-N-K-S where quiet kinks should be. I don't understand why they did this. Um, I'd have to look, but I don't wager that every Herman's Hermit album was some sort of alliteration either, but I, I don't know why this they insisted on doing this. I doubt this was a band call, but regardless, it was on Quiet Kinks, the EP in the U, uh, UK. In the US, it was released on November, or in November, I don't have an exact date, of 1965 on the album Kinkdom, which of course starts with a K. And in September 1966, Pi released an album of singles and EP tracks titled Well-Respected Kinks um, because the album Face to Face, which they were working on, had been delayed. So that was kind of a, a stopgap to, uh, you know, for the fans and stuff so that there was some kind of product coming out, you know, at that time. Uh, this song appears as the penultimate track on that 10-song collection. Nowadays, it's uh, often packaged as a bonus track on Kinda Kinks, another alliteration, but at least Kinda is always spelled with a K. This track opens side one of the four-track EP and is the sole Dave Davies writing credit on the EP. And in fact, uh, unless I'm missing something, this is the first Kinks song, Kinks release, uh, to have a Dave Davies songwriting credit solely by himself. Uh, he's got a co-writing credit um, elsewhere, but uh, uh, on uh, uh, Got My Feet on the Ground from the Kind of Kinks album. But uh, that's with Ray. He's got a co-writing credit. But this song is solely attributed to Dave. And from here on out, he will have songs included throughout the catalog. Um, so this is kind of a, a groundbreaking moment for him as a songwriter, but definitely not the last time we're going to hear from uh, Dave. And if you're listening, Dave, 
and I'm incorrect, and you had other solo credits prior to this release, let me know. But that's I went through the books, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. The song opens with a guitar intro that is strikingly similar to a song they've yet to record called People Take Pictures of Each Other. Uh, and this song is a whole step higher and doesn't elaborate the little motif. But if you're looking for conceptual continuity in a band's catalog, this is actually kind of a cool link. Now, there's nothing fancy about it. He's just climbing up. He's just the first one, two, three, four, first four notes of the major scale. But uh, And people take pictures of each other. You got... Right, so you've got that same... There's people take pictures. There's wait till the summer comes. So it's kind of a cool, um, I think it's just the way he plays it makes it sound familiar. It's probably not the only song that they started with the uh, major scale uh, introduction, but it's a cool link. You know, you can piece them together a little bit. This song was recorded on May 3rd, 1965, several months before its release. Remember, I just told you it didn't come out until September of 65. Which, if you look at their recording and release schedule in the early 60s, it was that's kind of a long hold because there was plenty of times where they would be recording a, a song and it's out on the single within weeks, not months. So it's been it's been sitting uh, uh, sitting on a shelf waiting for this EP. The recording session took place at Pi Studio, which is not uncommon, and was also the session where the band re-recorded the song "See My Friends" because the original had some tape hiss issues that they couldn't um, fix. So the band is in the middle of touring during this session. They're constantly had, or they consistently had Mondays off. So they're constantly on the road or touring all over. I think this was just England at this time. Um, But they had consistently, they had Mondays off. And I don't know if that was a, a union thing or not. I know here in the States nowadays, all the theaters are dark on Mondays. So that might've had a, a, an inf- impact on it but I don't know for sure what the English theater music union rules were back then. Um, so on this one day off, uh, they ducked into the studio to record these two tracks, at least these two tracks. And this was the first Monday of the tour. The following Monday, Ray recorded a demo of a song he wrote for the Honeycombs called Emptiness. And then two Mondays after that, Ray did a seven song demo session. So, uh, it was busy. And a lot of times on these days off, they would also be doing television appearances and stuff like that. So they weren't getting days off. Uh, unless, uh, so there's that. Now, to get to the meat of the song. If you've ever heard the song 39 by Queen, I think you'll find these tunes very, very similar. Possibly Brian May had been listening to this track. And I've just seen a face by the Beatles when he wrote that because he seems to draw influence from both but the opening um just that that in the year right it feels it feels very much like um 39 where it's kind of leading you into the home key of pain, which is what we're doing here so you just got a d chord uh, an E suspension that resolves to the E. Uh, 
that's it. Just a pretty little build-up, kind of a turnaround in, in there. Um, so structurally, the track does something the Kinks were doing a lot in this period. Instead of having a set verse-chorus-bridge format, it basically has three separate sections that repeat themselves. And, and you'll remember when we talked about So Tired of Waiting for You, um, it does the same thing. They, they, these are not the only two examples of this. They're, they're getting pretty good at writing tunes without real choruses or real verses or real bridges. They all kind of all, they write sections that all function kind of as all three. So you have the opening bit, I've been crying all the winter, which is uh, in the key of A major, right? So I've been crying all whoops. And then you've got this song, this the last two lines of that, um, get you the closest thing to the chorus that this song really has. And Dave shifts to a G chord, but I'll be waiting till the summer comes along. And I say this is pretty much the chorus because it's the only section that repeats lyrically. But it isn't used like a chorus would typically be used since it's not ref you know refrained at the end and it doesn't really stand on its own it's it's connected to the first section there so you know you've got the come my way but i'll wait till the summer comes along dear lord have i done so much wrong and that's just a chromatic sliding g g sharp a then um the third section shifts keys again, and Dave plays F sharp minor for "Can it be? Uh, can it be that she never wanted to break some poor mother's heart?" So we've gone from A. Sharp minor. How can I go on? Wonder what I did wrong. Can it be too much to ask? Please let it be. Okay. So, um, what's cool about these sections is that each one starts a step or a step or a half step lower than its predecessor. Section A is in A, uh, utilizing basic one, four, five chords with the suspension on the five. Um, section two is a whole step lower on G, although he doesn't really change to a new key because he slides up chromatically back to that A, like I mentioned. And then the third section is a half step down to, on F sharp minor. And the other cool bit about the third section is that it feels totally separate from the rest. So it's functioning uh, like a chorus or a bridge does, but it actually includes the other two sections in its chord progression. After he shifts to the F sharp minor, he plays a B minor chord, which is borrowed from another key. And then he does the G, G sharp A progression from section two. And then he does the D, E suspended, E7, A chord progression from section one. So section one. Section two. And then section three has section three. Then section two, 
Records from Switching. Does that make sense? He's taking all of the little motives, motifs he's got and combining them and rearranging them in each section. So he's got three separate sections, but they're all kind of built on, you know, other sections. Like I said, section two is right part of section one. It's the last two lines of section one. And then section three is its own thing plus bits and pieces from sections one and two. So for being a two-minute country ditty, there's actually a lot of cool harmonic movement on this song, and he's not going crazy. Um, You know, he's not adding a thousand chords on here. These are all pretty basic chords and using a lot of chromatic movement and everything. Um, But it's a lot more interesting than just being a country 12 bar, which this easily could have been. You know, instead of it just being a straight-ahead country in G, Dave throws in all these little pop hooks and it's got some cool stuff. Um, Overall, the band sounds good. They're playing things pretty simply to my ear. There's at least a 12 string acoustic and a second acoustic, possibly with a capo uh, as well as bass drums and a simple electric guitar part. My ears may be fooling me with the acoustics um, because the mono recording is hard to pull together all those sounds, but if there's only one, it's definitely a 12 string, which makes sense because they used a 12 string on see my friends, which I mentioned was, um, being recorded at this same session. So overall, this is a pretty good example of early Kinks versatility, right? We're having an acoustic country song by a band that is more known at this point for their hard rock electric riff based stuff. And so that's a departure. Um, And it's a strong first showing for Dave's first solo writing credit, you know, I, I, I'd love to have him on the podcast to talk about his evolution as a songwriter because, you know, he started off pretty good, you know, to come out of the gate with a song like this, you know, and, and you know, it's kind of a lesser known song. This has been relegated to bonus tracks on, on releases since then, but that doesn't mean it's a weak song. You know, it was selected to be one of only four on that EP after all. So, you know. This is a very cool song. I encourage you to listen to this if you haven't heard it in a while. But then go listen to 39 by Queen and uh, tell me you don't hear the similarities. If Brian May happens to be listening, I, I just I, I feel like all these famous people are listening to this podcast because how many Kings podcasts are there really? Um, but if Brian May happens to be listening, shoot me an email and let me know if this song was an influence on you or if it was just an accidental um reimagining if you'd like to get a hold of me you can call me at 925-494-1739 you can email me kinksandbeats at herohabit.com you can follow me on twitter at kinksandbeats you can join our facebook group kinks uh, facebook.com slash group slash kinksandbeats or you can swing by herohabit.com and get all the information you need on this podcast. It's all right there. There's a podcast button right at the top of the screen, and you can get everything you need to know about how to get a hold of me. All right. Thank you for downloading. If you enjoy it, make sure you give me five-star rating and review over on iTunes. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, it does help us a lot. And if you really, really enjoyed it, um, consider swinging by Hero Habit and doing the $4 a month contribution to help keep this podcast going. All right. I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.